I'm very excited to, to share with you guys today. If you guys that are, it's your first time or you don't know me, I'm, I'm uh, normally the, the worship leader here and, um, you know, we're blessed to have guys like Will and Colin and Cassidy that, you know, I can take a week off and they can help out and uh, it'd be really awkward if I was just playing music and then teaching. I would be pretty exhausted. But uh, I, I definitely appreciate all those guys helping out. Um, well, real quick, I, uh, I just want to say thank you to all you guys. Thank you guys for uh, being a part of DCC and, and being part of, of what God's doing here. And um, it's been a blessing to, to be here the past couple years and to see the way God's moving and the way God's stirring um, in all of our hearts and, and the way he really is um, impacting uh, not just our city, uh, you know, but directly our community that's, that's continuing to build. And, and uh, it's been powerful, you know, testimony every week of, of people just uh, coming to know the Lord and, and um, people that are, you know, have been far from church and have been far from Christ and have, are coming to him. And it's, it's, just, it's been very encouraging. Um, and that is not possible by the people that you see up here on Sunday. That's possible by you guys that are out there that are living, uh, living for Christ and, and living the life that God's called you to live. So uh, I just want to thank you guys for that, first off. So this morning... I want to talk about, as you guys know, we're doing Summer in the Psalms, and uh, it's been a, uh, I, I've been stoked about this since like, I don't know, I think we started, we said we were going to do it in like December, or like as a leadership team, we we're going to do it. So I've been like super stoked on it since we said that. I was, I, I, you know, I love the Psalms. I think, you know, it, uh, there's a lot of uh, personal things that, that get spoken through the Psalms and a lot of things that uh, really speak to me personally. So uh, I've been excited just to kind of these last, you know, four or five weeks, I think, I don't know how long I've been doing this, but uh, how much God has been using the, you know, using our church to, to speak uh, life into these Psalms and, and seeing um, how God is using those. So uh, I'm going to pray and then we're going to get started in Psalm 61 uh, is where we're going to be today. So you can go ahead and turn there if you want. Uh, I'll pray for us. Father, Lord, we thank you for your son, first and foremost, Lord. We, we thank you for the life that you've given us, Lord, the grace that you continually pour out upon us daily, Father. Lord, we ask as we just get into your word that, um, Lord, life will be spoken, Lord, that the things that I say will be from you, Lord, and they, they won't be things that, um, that I've just thought up in my head, Lord, and, and I pray that um, Lord, the things that you have spoken to me that I can clearly uh, get those across, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this time and ask that uh, for each one of us, no matter where we are in our walk, Lord, that we can draw closer to you, Lord. We love you. Jesus, and we pray. Amen. Amen. So Psalm 61 is where we're going to be at today, and I think it's on a topic that we all can relate to. Whether you're a Christian, whether you're a non-Christian, whether you've been walking with the Lord for 20 years, or whether... You got saved last week. Psalm 61 is relatable because it's on the topic of stress. Okay. Raise your hand if you've ever been stressed, like in your life. Raise them high. Let's see them. Oh, yeah. Somebody didn't raise their hand. Okay. Weird. Uh, Stress. We all have experienced stress. Now, it might not be on the same level of stress, right? You know, I, I have a friend, and she always says, everything's stressful right? You like, you know, it's like, it's like first world problems, right? 
So you go to Chick-fil-A, and like, they give you like one Chick-fil-A sauce, and you're like, oh, this is stressful. I don't have enough Chick-fil-A sauce, right? Or you go, and you're like, oh, my, my phone's about to die. It's 3 o'clock. What am I going to do? It's, I'm so stressed. It's like, really? Okay. Or you're like, man, it's really hot in church today. It's stressful. Well, it's always hot. Um, but, you know, so th- it might be like a, a, a very unstressful, stressful that we might feel, right, that we put on ourselves. But it also, a lot, of, a lot of us have gone through more serious stressful situations, right? We've gone through times where, you know, we haven't had money to pay the bills, and we're like, God, I don't know what to do, right? I seriously don't know what to do. I'm, I'm really stressed out about this. You might have a, a family member that's really sick, and it's stressful, and you're the only one that can take care of them, and you just don't know what to do. And you, you know, you're young and you don't have the answers and you're just, ah, this is stressful, right? Well, one thing in my 29 years of life, I know, it's not that much, but uh, one thing that I have realized is as you get older, it's, it's not necessarily that the stress gets more, it's that the consequences get higher to as, you, as you get older. So I was thinking about this and... I was thinking, okay, how can I embarrass myself? Um, So I have some pictures of me at different stages in life, okay? So, uh, and and, and there was stress involved in each one, all right? So, Larry, you can put the first one up. This is is me at an FSU football game. I was probably stressed that we weren't going to win, but this is the mid-90s, so... I don't know why I was stressing, right? <laughs> really, my dad should be stressing because he took me to a football game at like 7. But, but that hat is dope, right? I've looked for it. I'm like, Dad, where is that hat? Like, I want that, right? Larry, th- okay, this one, okay, this is middle school, so everybody can relate to it being stressful in middle school, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's me rocking the tuba. The purple scarf is definitely stressful. Right? Yeah. But yeah, I played the tuba. How cool is that? Like, all right, high school? Let's see. Oh, yeah. The hair was very unstressful, but that choker necklace was real stressful, right? So, I, I'm, like, I look at that picture, I'm like, I want to grow my hair out again. See what, see what it does. All right, you can go to the next one. Oh, yeah. That's college. With, the, with your pastor, Ben. Uh, yeah, nobody even recognized him. That's great. Yeah, like, I'm, like, I'm not, I'm just stressed that I have a friend like Ben at this point, you know? Like, I've experienced, like, you guys know Ben, you're like, you didn't know Ben in college. Like, it was stressful, I promise. This is like Ben before CrossFit, so. so he's all skinny and stuff. All right, you can go to the next one. This is our wedding. Yeah, this is my beautiful wife, Jewel. Give her a hand. See, yeah, I mean, for you guys that are married, you know, when you, when you get married, it's like, ugh, I don't know if I'm ready for this, right? I, I got to take care of somebody else, too, like I'm responsible for somebody. You know, it was, there's a, definitely some stress that's involved, right? And then you can go to the next one. Oh, there he is. That's my boy. So uh, that's our son, William Jacob Colley V, talk about stressful, right? 
this dude's almost five weeks old, and you're just holding him. You're just like, oh, my gosh. Like, when the first, like, night we held him, it was just like, I have to take care of this thing? Like, holy smokes, right? And this is, this is where I am right now, right? I'm at a point in life where I have a five-week-old. Um, I have a beautiful wife, right? And, and, and I'm 29 years old. I have a great job that I love. And, and, you know, as I've gotten older, things have progressed to become more stressful. And, and as life continues to progress, you can take that picture down or you can keep it up there for the whole time. I don't care. Um, thanks. As, uh, as I continue to, to get older and as I continue to, to, to develop in life, you know, there's going to be things that are becoming more stressful. And, and the deal is when those situations arise, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do when life becomes stressful? When you get to that point, when you say, God, I don't know what to do. A lot of you guys aren't there yet, but, you know, when you get to the point where you do get married and you say, God, I, I can barely take care of myself, right? How am I supposed to, like, love somebody else unconditionally, right? When you have a kid and you're like, like, I, actually, I don't think this, but I'm not the forgetful type, but Ben is. Ben's like, I forget my keys. Like, I'm going to forget my kid somewhere, right? You can probably... Some of you guys can relate to that. Um, but you're, how, how, how am I going to get this? You know, how am I going to do this? And it leads us to Psalm 61. If you guys are there, we're going to read verse 1 and 2 together. And these are, are two of my favorite verses. So, hear my cry, O God, attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So you read that verse and you say, when my heart is overwhelmed, when I'm stressed, when there's too, many, too much stuff going on, Lord, lead me to the rock. Lead me to you that can handle this, that's higher than I, that, that is bigger than I am. And as, you know, if you're a believer, you hear that and you go, yeah, of course, right? I'm handing this to God, right? I'm giving, I'm giving it to him. But that's not the question. The question is, how do we do that? How do we do that? The question is, why are we going through that? God, why is this happening to me? Why, why is life overwhelming right now? So I want to turn to, well, we're not going to turn there, but I want to relate it to a story. There's, there's tons of, of examples in the Bible of how God has used these situations, right? How people have been in very stressful situations, been in very overwhelming situations, right? So we're in Genesis chapter 32, you have the story of Jacob, right? Jacob and Esau, they're brothers, they're twins. Uh, a lot of you guys know Jacob stole the birthright from Esau, uh, and then he ended up running away, okay? He, he runs away, he goes, he works for uh, this guy named Laban. Laban has two daughters, right? He works for seven years in order to get his the Laban's first or one daughter hand in marriage, Rachel. Okay, well, he works for seven years, and what happens? Laban screws him over, and he ends up marrying the ugly daughter, right? He's like, well, she's older. You got, she has to get married first. She's like, dang it. So then he's like, you can work for another seven years and get, have my other daughter, the one that you wanted. He's like, okay. So here's this guy. He works for 14 years. He's got two wives. Talk about stressful, right? 
So here he is. He, he's, he's worked for 14 years. He's, uh, you know, the Bible says that, you know, as he continues to work for Laban, he's continually, you know, his wages are continually changing, right? So it's kind of like you go and you, uh, I have an example of this. When I was in college, I worked at a place called Amerimove. It was a moving company. It was awful. So one day I go and I work for this guy, um, like unpacking this truck. And they were like, yeah, when you like work for a driver, like you get like tons of money. Like it's great. So I'm like, all right, sweet. So I go work like 14 hours, like unloading this truck. I'm like, it was awful. So I get done and the guy gives me like 80 bucks. I'm like, really? Like this comes out to like $4 an hour or something, you know? And, uh, it's like a dollar an hour, but uh, he he ends up like, you know, it, it's the same situation that's going on with Jacob, right? He he's working, he's working, he's not getting what what he thinks he deserves. He's he's constantly getting screwed over by his father-in-law, and finally he's at the point where he's like, I gotta go, right? I gotta go back. To, like God calls him back to his country, and he's going back. He he's like, listen, ladies, pack the kids up, pack the stuff up. We're leaving. So he has all this stuff. He has all these, you know, animals. He's got his wife, his kids, his, everything. So he packs them all up. He, start, he, he starts to leave. Now, as he's leaving, as he's heading back to his, his con- home country, he gets word that Esau, his brother, who he stole his birthright from, who the last thing Esau said to him was, if I ever see you again, I'm going to kill you. He gets word that Esau's coming. So he's like, oh. Could it get any worse, right? I'm getting kicked out. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this country because I'm constantly getting screwed. I, now I have my brother who wants to kill me. Oh, by the way, he has 400 soldiers with him. So it's like, he's probably not coming to throw you a party, right? He's probably not stoked that you're coming back. And so here he is. Esau's coming, and he is at the point where he's desperate, right? And it says in verse 9, then Jacob prayed. Jacob got to the point where he just had to pray. He said, God, you've led me here. I'm asking for your grace. I'm asking for your forgiveness. Lord, my brother's coming to kill me. I don't know what to do. I'm just praying. And that's the first step that I want us to remember. If you guys are taking notes, the first step is when you are overwhelmed, just pray. Just pray. I, I've been there. I know a lot of you guys have been there where you're like, I don't feel anything. There's, there's no way Jacob feels a peace about this situation, right? We've all been in that situation where we don't have a peace. There's no peace in, in our lives. We're like, and, and at the same time, we don't feel God. We're saying, God, where are you? I feel like I'm, I'm praying to a brick wall. But you know what? You just have to pray. You have to, you have to step out and you have to pray in that situation. And taking us back, you know, it takes us back to Psalm 61, verse 2, where it says, when my heart is overwhelmed, when, not if, when, because it will happen, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So when your heart is overwhelmed, when you're stressed, when when you have too much going on, when you have too much to think about, where do you turn? Where do you turn? Do you turn to God? That should be the first question is do you turn to God? Even as a believer, 
we have a tendency to turn to friends, right? We turn to, to somebody older than us that we want to talk to, right? Which are, are good things, right? Or maybe you turn, you know, maybe you turn to food, right? Or maybe you turn uh, to exercise. You know, I just got to relieve this stress, right? Some of you guys might sound, that might sound weird, but some of us do it. Not me, I promise. Or maybe you turn to Netflix. Maybe you're just like, oh, I just, I, I, I'm just shutting it off, right? Forget it. I'm, I'm just, I'm closing off. I'm just going to put, you know, Orange is the New Black on for a whole season, right? I don't watch that show, I promise. But uh, where do you turn? Because the, the truth is when we turn to anything other than Christ, it's going to fail. It's going to fail. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 7, he says, when you, know, it, when, you, when you build the truth on the sand and the storm comes, your house is going to be washed away. But if you build your house on the rock and the storm comes, you're going you're gonna to make it. Christ is the rock. Christ is our only thing that can get us through that storm. So even as simple as that sounds, just to pray, just to put your trust in God, just to put your refuge in God when you are overwhelmed, it has to be the first step. It has to be the first step. Now, I asked that question at the beginning, why? Why, why would you, why would something like, why would you feel, why, why do we as Christians feel overwhelmed? Or why as, if you're not a Christian, why do you feel overwhelmed? Or, or how do we get past that? And, and as a believer, the first thing you have to ask, or you have to know after you know to pray to him, so the second thing, is God put you here. God put you in that situation. God put you in the situation so that you will, so that you can grow through that situation. Now, you look back at Jacob and kind of the kind of the next the next part of the story is he's overwhelmed he's praying to God he actually t- tries to take it into his own hands he starts sending waves of gifts waves of of servants and animals and and all this everything that he owns to ahead to Esau and he says you know when you when you get there say hey it's from your brother Jacob it's yours Right? And he's sending these waves of things because he's like, i got to do something. i got to do something to soften this blow. And what happens that night is, you know, Jacob, before, probably before one of the biggest days of his life, he goes and he, and he you know, a, a time where he probably needs to sleep because honestly he's thinking, I'm going to have to fight my brother and these 400 men. Right? He gets there and he, and he, um, he goes to lay down, and as, as some of you guys know the story, an angel comes in, an angel wrestles with him, right? And they wrestle throughout the night. So here is this time where he needs to be getting rest, where he's just at, he gets to a point where he's absolutely exhausted, right? And the angel, you know, he wouldn't stop. Angel comes, puts his hip out of place, right? So now he's crippled, and he's at this point of absolute desperation, where he's just like, I have nowhere to go. I have no, he, at the end, he's at the end of his rope, right? And we can, we can relate to that point where sometimes we feel, I'm at the end of my rope. I have nowhere else to turn, right? 
And at this point, he truly turns to God and says, God, or he, he turns to this angel and he says, bless me. You got to bless me. And God blesses him through this angel. And, and you know, the, as the story goes on, he, he changes his name from Jacob to Israel. As you guys know, the, the lineage of Christ ends up coming through Jacob. And in the shorter story, he ends up going to Esau. Esau forgives him, accepts him. You know, there's a lot more of the story that I don't really want to get into right now. But um, the point is, he got to this point where he, had, he was in absolute desperation for Christ. And when we get to that point, when we're at the end of our rope, and we've, when, we're, when we're going through a situation where we, where we wonder, why, why is it like this right now? Why, have I, why am I having to repeat this semester? Why am I having to look for a new job? The thing we need to ask is not why, but what. Not why am I in this situation, but what, are you, God, are you teaching me through this situation? Because no matter the situation you're in, looking back, we know that God is, isn't just, doesn't just want us to get through the situation, but he wants us to grow through that hard time. He doesn't want you just to get through the situation. He wants you to grow through it. You know, there, there's countless verses that you can point to where, uh, you know, James talks about, you know, counting, counting all joy when you face trials, right? Counting it joy when you face these hard times so that Christ can, can show himself to you. And, and uh, Rome, uh, let's turn real quick to Romans 3, verse, for, or Romans chapter 5, verse 3. If you have your Bible, you can turn there real quick. Should have marked it, but I didn't. Romans chapter five, verse three, it says, "But we also, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God." has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given, he has, was given to us. So this fact that we need to rejoice in, in trials, rejoice in these hard times. You know, and I, I think about, you know, I, I've, as I've kind of, one thing that's like difficult about teaching compared to just reading your Bible, for, for you guys that are curious, um, it's very difficult to, like, translate what God is speaking to you into, like, one point, right, into one clear point. And, you know, as I've been reading this, as I was reading this section and reading this psalm and, and God is, was revealing all these things to me and showing me these things, you know, he had one point that, that I feel like is the one thing you should remember, Right? As Ben says, if you didn't hear anything else, that means he's about to wrap up for the fifth time, right? He's probably got another 20 minutes. I got another like three, so don't worry. But the, the point is, when you trust God, when you ask what and not why, God always grows our faith. He always grows our faith. So when you trust God, when you ask what 
and not why, God always grows our faith. And it, I was uh, reminded of this quote. I, I shouldn't say reminded. I found this this uh, old hymn, and it says, "He giveth." It's called "He giveth more grace." And I thought this verse was was perfect. It says, "When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength is gone, ere the day is half through, when we, we have reached the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving." Has only begun. His grace has no limits. His love has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto man. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. So the point is when we've reached that point of absolute desperation, that's when God begins to show up. That's when God begins to to reveal himself when he begins to strengthen us, when he begins not only just grow our faith, but just encourage the people that are even around us. You know, Will shared the other week of just of how God completely provided for him, right? And and I've had situations like that. I, I know a lot of you guys have where you're just at the end of your rope and you say, I don't know what to do, and God completely provides. You know, whether that's finances, whether that's his strength to get through a hard time. It's difficult, you know, and and the key, you know, is not to, you know, it's it's easy to, to trust at first and and get lost as the challenge gets harder, right? You know, I, I think of, uh, some of you guys know, uh, I do CrossFit. It's a program. Some people hate it. Some people will love it. So I'm one of those people that loves it. Um, so I, there was this coach that was there. His name was Tyler. He came. He spoke one time, and it was really funny. But uh, um, so Tyler, he – I love this guy. Like, he was the ultimate, like, dude that just, like, pushed you to the limit, okay? Um, Rick Ross style. And Tyler, like, he, he was he – was, Unlike anybody I ever met in the sense of like he would always he always encouraged you even though you would be like awful at something, right? Well, one of the things that I remember about Tyler, one of the first times I met Tyler is we were in the middle of a workout and I was just getting smoked, right? And like, you know, you get to this point where you're just like, forget this. Like, I'm, I really don't want to do this. Like, why, why do I pay for this? Like, this is awful, right? And so Tyler comes up, and he, he just starts, he was yelling at me, but he was like, make a decision. Make a decision, right? And he was, he was t- yelling at me to make a decision. Are you going to quit, or are you going to keep going, right? Are you going to quit right now, or are you going to push yourself to get through this workout? And I think that's one of the reasons why, like, I love CrossFit is because it's, it's pushed me to a point in my spiritual walk as well. You know, I'm not trying to, like, this isn't a CrossFit commercial by any means. <laughs> Nobody should do it. You get hurt. <laughs> but uh, but it, for me personally, it's, put, it's made me push myself. When, when I get to the point in my spiritual walk when I say, I can't do that. I can't do that. When somebody calls and, and, they, and they need me to, to come and, and, and talk with them about a hard situation or I hear about 
um, something that's going on in the church. I need to talk to somebody about it. And I go, ah, I, I can't do that. Like, no, there's no way, right? You know, when I, when I get into a situation in my personal life where, you know, where I, I'm completely overwhelmed and, and God says, hey, you need to keep pushing forward. You need to keep pushing forward. I've had, I've, I've been able to realize how important that is to keep pushing, to keep moving forward. To say, God, I trust you. I don't know what's going on, but I, I trust you. You know, for my community group, they can, they've, know this, but um, for my, with my job, I got into a situation where I, uh, we lost a couple grants that we had, and, you know, we're in the situation where we just bought our house, okay, um, which is a big financial deal, right, and, and um, our, we lose our grant, so pretty much like half of our office gets laid off, okay, so we've, we bought our house, and, and, um, we're in the situation where I'm like, God, like, I'm trusting you to provide because every month Live the Life is saying, we don't have any money. We'll get it to you when we get it to you, right? But keep working. And I'm in a situation where I'm like, I feel called here. Like, I feel called that this is the place I'm supposed to be. And there's no money at the moment, but I know I'm supposed to be here. And but also have a wife and a house, and oh yeah, we just found out we're pregnant. Okay, so we're in the situation where it's like, God, I I have to trust you, right? And every month I would I would get to this point where I'm like, the paycheck wouldn't come in, and I'm like, uh, we got bills, we need to be saving because we have a kid coming, things like that. Where every month it was a, a constant reminder, God, I have to trust you. And, you know, looking back, God provided every month, you know. Every month I would, I would sit there and I would, you know, I, I would say probably the first four or five months I would go, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I need to be looking for a new job. I need to be doing something else, you know. I don't know what's going on, but it kind of got to the point where it was like, all right, well, Lord, you've continued to provide for us. You've continued to to pay the bills, you continue to allow us to save somehow, miraculously, you know, and, as we go through this hard time. Um, and, you know, it, it allowed me to grow my, grow my faith in him. So as we close this morning, that's my question to you. Do you trust God? Do you trust God when, you, when times get hard? And when you do trust God, whether you've never trusted him before in your life or whether you continue to trust him every day and it's a battle every day, when you do trust God, ask him what it is, what it is he's trying to teach you. And I promise you, he'll grow your faith. He'll continue to grow your faith as you continue to trust him.